What's happening, people? Welcome back to another edition of Copod. I'm your host, Joanne, and I'm back again after another busy midweek schedule of Champions League and Europa League football. Now, before we begin, as always, follow me on socials at Johan Yo on Twitter and Instagram, and follow Communicado for show at Communicado Offi on Twitter and Communicado underscore official on Instagram, all in lowercase. So, yeah, we'll get straight into the action and we'll start off where we left off after Tuesday's podcast. We're going to start straight off with Tuesday's Champions League action and we'll begin with the two early games which came from Group E, FC Krasnodar against Sevilla. Sevilla winning right at the death, two goals to one in the 95th minute goal from Munir winning it after Ivan Rakicic's early goal. Very nice goal from outside the area. Krasnodar equalised early in the second half. But, uh, yeah, like I said, Sevilla practically winning it with the last kick of the game. Munir scoring and ensures that the the fight for top spot in this group will basically be decided next Wednesday when Sevilla hosts Chelsea. And that is after Chelsea themselves got a very late victory out in France against Rennes. They two scored an early goal. Callum Hudson Odoi scoring, uh, put through on goal by a lovely, lovely weighted ball by Mason Mount. And it was left to Hudson Odoi to just finish it. It remained 1 0 right until the 85th minute. Chelsea had lots of chances to put the game to bed. They didn't. Urassi equalised with five minutes to go. But fortunately for Chelsea, they were able to get a winner in the 91st minute. Timo Werner's shot was well saved by the keeper, but Olivier Giroud, desperate to make his mark, bullied his, bullied his centre-back. I think it was Damien De, Damien De Silva, beats him to the ball, heads it into the back of the net, and Chelsea get the late win to ensure that they stay top of the group. That means that both Chelsea and Sevilla are through to the round of 16. And like I said, the showdown for top spot in that group, that will all be decided on, well, that will be decided on Wednesday. Whoever wins will top the group. On to the next group, and that is Group F. And we'll start off with the game I was watching in particular, and that is um, Borussia Dortmund being Club Bruges 3-0. Sancho and Bellingham were very impressive. And, uh, yeah, for Dortmund, it was about um, just getting the three points, getting them step closer to securing uh, qualification to the round of 16. I'm not sh- exactly sure they have just yet. I think they still need to go and beat... Uh, I believe a point against Lazio takes them through to the to the knockout stage. So, yeah. Early goal from Erling Haaland. Well, not really early, but yeah. Erling Haaland scored... Then uh, Jaden Sancho scored a beautiful free kick right on the stroke of our time, last kick of the first half. And then early in the second half, uh, Ireland scores again. He looked offside, but he actually wasn't because the pass was played backwards to him by Vorma, I think, the Bruges player. And Haaland slaps it into the back of the net. And so in the other game in this group, Lazio beat Senate three goals to one. The game will be um, most remembered for Chiro Mobili's absolute banger. In the third minute, just picks up outside the box, hammers it into the into the top corner, and Lazio get a big win for them, puts them four points clear of third place Bruges. 
And like I said, Dortmund hosting Lazio next Wednesday. Again, similar to the Chelsea Sevilla game, showdown for top spot in the group. Whoever wins will top the group, essentially. On to Group G. Dinamo Kiev, nil. A much changed Barcelona, four. Now, uh, Barcelona were afforded the luxury of resting Leo Messi in this game. He was left at home. Of course, they have a few injuries, and that meant that uh, Oscar Mingueza had to come in at the back for Barcelona. Martin Braithwaite scored twice. Uh, Griezmann got a goal. That's good for him. And uh, Serginho Dest opened the scoring with his first goal for Barcelona. And uh, a good start from the game was that uh, this is the first time since 2004 that two Americans have been in the same side in a Champions League game. And those two were obviously Serginho Dest, like I mentioned, and Conrad De La Fuente, who's coming through the Barcelona Academy as well. And so the last time that happened was with Manchester United 2004 with Tim Howard and Jonathan Spector. The other game in the group, Juventus 2, Ferenc Varos 1, very late winner from Alvaro Morata. A little bit of fortune to it, of course. Um, the Hungarian side took the lead. Deservedly took the lead as well. They started off very brightly, got a goal. Can't remember who scored, but it was uh, a cross into the box and he poked it past Chesney. Ronaldo equalised, lovely goal outside the box. Juve huffed and puffed. Eventually, they blew the house down. And Morata again on the end of the cross, of Chiesa's cross right at the end. I think the goalkeeper should have done a bit better, but uh, it is what it is. Juventus, um, I think Juventus are through. Yes, they are through. And uh, I'm not sure if the next game is Barcelona against Juventus. It might be, might not be. Either way, Barcelona have a chance to secure top spot in the group. I think. Yes, the next game is away at Barcelona, so that will be a showdown for top spot in the group. Next. And the final games on Tuesday, Manchester United, comfortable win at home against Istanbul, Bashasir, four goals to one. Bruno Fernandes, as always, doing his thing. Uh, Marcus Rashford scored a penalty. Who else scored? Dan James scored right at the end, and uh, Istanbul did score a good free kick. Uh, late in the second half, they did have a few chances, to be fair. Probably should have had a penalty, too, which Bruno gave away. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Manchester United uh, reignite their charge to the round of 16. The other game in the group, very important win for PSG. Early goal, the only goal of the game. 1-0, they beat Leipzig. Only goal of the game came in the 10th minute. Neymar from the penalty spot. Now, I'm not sure it was actually a penalty, but VAR didn't overturn it. Neymar puts it into the back of the net. Leipzig had many, many chances to score, and this is where their toothlessness, again, comes into play. Should have gotten a result from the game, but they didn't. They've allowed the PSG to make up ground on them, and now it all comes to this game on Tuesday which will be, what well, no, Wednesday. It all comes down to the game on Wednesday. Manchester United against PSG. PSG will be level on points with Manchester United if they win. And if we're assuming that Leipzig is going to go out and beat Bashakta here at home. No, they're away from home. My bad. Sorry, people. If we're assuming that Leipzig are going to win away from home, then PSG need all three points going into that final game. 
especially with Leipzig hosting Manchester United, they'll fancy their chances against Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's men. And so on to Wednesday's games. Bayern 3, Salzburg 1. This is a group A we're going to start off with. And uh, Salzburg, very unlucky, had a lot of chances. Neuer made some good saves. Chabozlai, Dominic Chabozlai watch, didn't go so well. He missed a sitter, 1-1 one one in the first half, should have scored. And Bayern, credit to them. Salzburg were not clinical, were not clinical but Bayern were. Of course, uh, Lewandowski scored the first. Coman, a bit fortunate to get the second. Mark Rocker then got sent off for Bayern midway through the second half, but two minutes later, they had their third and uh, pretty much the clincher, Leroy Sané, scoring a header. To be fair to Salzburg, they did pull one back. Mergen Berisha did score, but it wasn't enough. And Bayern have secured... Not just not just uh, passage through to the round of sixteen, but also but they also threw as group winners, as in the other game, Atletico Madrid dropped points once again against the locomotive Moscow, drawing nil nil. Koke had a goal disallowed for offside. Aside from that, Atletico Madrid didn't really do anything. Really struggled to break locomotive down. Uh, locomotive still have a chance of getting through the group. To be fair to them, so they all fancy their chances. On to the next group, and we have, yeah, Borussia Mönchengladbach beating Shakhtar 4-0 to leave them top of the group with eight points. They're in poor position to go through to the round of 16, doing very well in this group, and you have to give full credit to Marco Rosa, the way they've been blitzing their opposition, and you just wonder if they'd been able to hold on against Real Madrid at home in that 2-2 draw. They'd already be through to the knockout stages. But you still expect them to go through, being on eight points right now. I think Real Madrid are just a point behind them on seven. And that takes us on to Real Madrid, who won 2-0 away at the San Siro against 10-man Inter. Eden Hazard won a penalty early in the first half, and he converted it to make it 1-0 to the visitors. Vidal was protesting a penalty, ended up getting two yellows in like seven seconds for arguing with Anthony Taylor. I thought it was very, very stupid. Two needless bookings, deservedly got himself sent off. And uh, second half, to be fair to Inter, they did respond. I thought they pinned uh, Real Madrid back well for the first 10 minutes, but Zidane, Zidane made some good changes. He brought on Rodrigo within 30 seconds. Uh, Real Madrid had their second and essentially was game over. Uh, I think it was Vasquez that crossed into the box and Rodrigo gets on the end of it. I think it went down as a Hakimi on goal, which is a bit harsh and uh, young Brazilian, but it is what it is. Real Madrid, maybe they were fearing dropping into the Europa League after losing to Shakhtar and dropping points against Munchen Gladbach, but these two games against Inter Milan have put them in a good spot to qualify from the group now. So... Yeah, good win for them. Group C, Olympiacos won Manchester City nil. I think, um, I don't think the scoreline tells the full story. I think it, the game was a, far more comfortable than the scoreline suggests. I think Manchester City had multiple chances. Eventually, the goal they did get was very well worked. Good move with, um, uh, I think, Jesus. Sterling, Foden all involved in the build-up and in the end it ended up with Sterling backheeling it for Foden to, to coolly finish into the back of the net and 
Manchester City get the 1-0 win out in Greece to also secure their place in the round of 16 with 12 points, 4 wins from 4. The other game in the group, Marseille, 0, Porto 2. Still no goals and no points for Marseille who are out of the Champions League already and now are fighting to get that Europa League spot. And the final Champions League group, we're going to go with Group D. We start off with Ajax beating Midtjylland. Of course, routine win for them. You'd expect them to beat Midtjylland. No disrespect to them, but they are the whipping boys in the group. Bottom with no points, and they're already out of Europe completely. And the other game in the group, a bit of a shock. Liverpool nil, Atalanta 2. Two goals in five minutes. Who scored the first? Was it uh, Ilicic scored the first? Five minutes later, Gersens unmarked in the box. Ilicic heads it towards him and Gersens has a simple task of uh, putting it in the back of the net. And Atalanta get a deserved win at Anfield. They, they dominated Liverpool from what I saw. Liverpool didn't really have any, not just clear-cut chances, didn't really have any shots at all. Really disappointing performance and it now puts this group in the balance because Liverpool are on nine points. Ajax and Atalanta are both on seven points and Ajax of course travel to Anfield next and maybe we'll be looking to catch Liverpool out again. That'll be a, that'll be a very tasty game. And so we'll move on to the Europa League action that went on yesterday as I'm recording this and some of the notable results, Cluj nil, Roma 2, Leverkusen 4, Hapoel Beersheba 1, Nice 1, Slavia Prague 3, which is bad if you're like me, if you have a road to the final hotel in your foots club. Rangers 2, Benfica 2, Rangers once again bottling a two-goal lead against Benfica. They were tuning up with 13 minutes to go and they bottled it Napoli 2, Rijeka 2, no, Napoli 2, Rijeka 0, Braga 3, Leicester 3, this was a very entertaining game, Jamie Vardy of course equalising in the 95th minute, Leicester coming from behind 3 times, Leo 1, Milan 1, Sparta Prague 4, Celtic 1 and Celtic are now already out of Europe. Uh, Tottenham 4, Ludogorets 1, Vinicius, Carlos Vinicius got his first two goals for Spurs. Harry Winks scored a free goal from like somewhere near the byline. I think he tried to cross it to Gareth Bale, just ended up going all the way in the back of the net. And finally, Lucas Moura off the bench getting a goal, goal which is good for his confidence. And uh, anyone else before I go on to Arsenal? Slovan Liberic nil, Hoffenheim 2. Good win for Ryan Sessignon and his boys. And finally, Emery's men, Maccabi Tel Aviv 1, Villarreal 1. And yeah, on to my boys. Molder nil, Arsenal 3. Decent win for us out in Norway, to be fair. I don't, I don't think it was... I think it's a game of two halves, really. I thought that first half was a little bit dour. I think we had um, 
we saw a lot of the ball, but we weren't really creating too many clear-cut chances. I thought we were a little bit hesitant. I thought we were snatching at the chances we did get. I thought we could have shown a little bit more composure and quality when we got into the final third. And I'm looking, and I'm talking specifically about the likes of Enketia and Lacazette. I think Nelson was good. Pepe was very good, and he opened the scoring early in the second half. Of course, just a few minutes before, wasn't lucky not to score when he um, whipped a shot and it hit the bar, came off on the underside, on the line, just bounced out. Very unlucky, but he did get his goal. Very good curling shot into the far corner. Minutes later, we doubled our lead and essentially wrapped up the three points on the counter. Joe Willock set through, lovely crossing, and Reese Nelson has a simple job of finishing. And the third goal with seven minutes remaining, and this is one I was very happy about because following, following Balogun making his second career appearance for Arsenal, coming on straight away, Amos Smith-Rowe, who I've been very excited to watch, crosses it in, and Balogun, with his first shot in professional football, scores a goal, 3-0. Lovely jubbly. Three points, three goals. Through to the round of six. Round of 32, I should say, the St. the Champions League. And now we can rest players in the last two games. Obviously, we've got Rapid Vienna coming up next Thursday, which will be the first game with fans since West Ham when we beat them 1-0. And I remember that because uh, I was actually there. I treated myself to that as a birthday present. And yeah, very good. Hopefully, the boys have gotten some confidence from this win I think today it wasn't so much about the result it was just it was mainly the performance I just wanted to see confidence in our play I wanted to see invention and intention that's what I wanted to see from them particularly in the second half I got that from them so hopefully they'll they'll take that confidence into the game against Wolves they're gonna it's gonna be a very difficult game at home because we've not been on a good run in the Premier League. Hopefully the boys have got some confidence for us to move forward with, especially as we go into a very difficult period where after this, of course, we have Rapid Vienna, like I said, next Thursday. And then we have the North London Derby, which is very, of course, form goes out the window, but as always, it's a very difficult game, especially if you see the way Spurs are looking right now. So, yeah. That's the European football review. Now we're going to get on to some previews. And I'm going to start off with an, with the other preview, of course. Um, Jude Bellingham and Jaden Sancho, after their midweek exploits, they'll be at home again. Borussia Dortmund are at home again against Cologne. And if I look at the Bundesliga table... I believe, where are they? Are they, they are second. They're just a point behind Bayern. Of course, Bayern in their last game drew 1-1 at home against the Werder Bremen. So this is a chance for Dortmund to keep chase with them. Home to Cologne, who are currently in the relegation zone. No wins this season. Three draws, three points. Not looking good for them. Dortmund will be hoping to get an easy win under their belts, especially as they go into another into a congested schedule. So I'll be looking for I'll be looking out for that game. Of course, I'll be watching that. 
who else is there? Jonathan Panzo hasn't featured in Dijon's last two games. He'll be hoping to get back into the team. And uh, his side uh, are away against Nice on Sunday, 4 p.m. kickoff. So I'll be watching that. It is a 4 p.m. kickoff, right? Yeah, it is a 4 p.m. kickoff. Yeah, I'll be watching that. Uh, as for the other two, Ronaldo Vieira and uh, Rabi Matondo, they won't be featuring this weekend. They're both injured. Rabi Matondo still has that uh, knee injury, picked up on international duty. Schalke, of course, they're where I mentioned Gladbach, who, like I said, are doing very well in the Champions League. And right now in the Bundesliga are seventh. Schalke, of course, rock bottom of the table. As for Ronaldo Vieira, his side... They got knocked out of the Coppa Italia by Cagliari. Two goals to one. Late goal right at the death, knocking them out. And this weekend, they are up against Atalanta, I want to say. I think they're up against... Yeah, they're away at Atalanta this weekend. After their disappointing defeat to Sassuolo next weekend. I mean, last weekend. Yep, 7.45 kickoff against Atalanta tomorrow. And yeah, let's get on to the Premier League preview to end this. And so we begin we begin the Premier League weekend with a game today, actually, as I'm recording this. Crystal Palace against Newcastle, the 8pm kickoff. Now, of course, Palace were without Wilfred Zaha against Burnley on Monday, and they'll be without him again and he, as he is still self-isolating. Now, up against Newcastle, who I think have been very disappointed in recent weeks. I'm not sure what to go with. I'm not sure what to predict because Palace have been blowing hot and cold. I'm going to sit on the fence. I don't think Palace have quite enough firepower to break Newcastle down. So I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to probably go... I'll go 1-1. I'll go 1-1 for that. Uh, now on to the Saturday lunch kickoff, which is uh, Brighton hosting Liverpool, of course, last season. They did play during the Logic Project restart here. Liverpool won 3-1. Mo Salah was back against Atalanta, wasn't all that impressive along with his teammates in Liverpool. After that disappointing midweek game against Atalanta, they'll be looking to right their wrongs here in the Premier League, remind everyone that that was just a blip and do their thing. So I'm going to go in this game. I think Brighton have been creating chances and I think they can get at them and I think I think they will score actually. So I'm going to go a tight Brighton 1, Liverpool 2. Manchester City hosting Burnley in the 3 p.m. kickoff. Now, like I said, Man City in the Premier League struggling for goals up against the Burnley, whose season has kicked off really and truly after beating Palace on Monday. But away from home, I don't, I don't see them being too adventurous. And especially now that City are through in the group, they can really focus on improving their Premier League form. I expect uh, Aguero to come back in. Maybe play alongside Jesus. Maybe might, maybe Pep might switch up. But either way, I expect uh, Manchester City to get all three points. And I'm going to go City 3, Burnley 0. I think the goals will come for them. Everton against Leeds as a 5.30 kickoff. 
on Saturday. And uh, Luca Dean has been ruled out for Everton. Now, reports are saying that he's out for at least two months, which is a big blow for them. And it means that Neil and Kunku, their recent signing from Marseille, will have to come in. How badly will they miss him? That is the issue for Everton, especially what he brings with his set-piece ability, his crossing ability. You could argue he's the top two left back in the Premier League. So, yeah, it's a big miss for Everton. Up against the Leeds side, who should have beaten us. And I, when I say us, I mean Arsenal. Should have won on Sunday against Arsenal. Then the Dare pull on the form, and uh, they weren't fair Everton. Of course, they weren't fair Everton, especially considering that uh, Everton have conceded at least two goals in their last six Premier League games. I think this game will have goals. And I'm going to go for a draw as well. I'm going to go Everton 2, Leeds 2. I'm going to go 2 2. Desmond. Final game of Saturday, West Brom, Sheffield United. I can't lie. I'm not going to watch this game. I don't care about these two. I'm just going to go straight into the prediction because I don't really want to talk about them too tough. So it's just of a coin, really. Both teams have been very poor. West Brom, I think in particular, look toothless. So I'm going to go West Brom nil, Sheffield United 1, the Blades to edge it just. Then we'll get on to Sunday's action. The first game on Sunday is Southampton against Manchester United. Now, last season, uh, Southampton actually, Southampton United drew both, drew both games. 2-2 uh, Old Trafford. Or 1-1? One, one? can't remember. No, it might be 1-1 one, one at Old Trafford. And 1-1 one, one at St. Mary's. Of course, I've had to do very well in the league so far. A bit unfortunate not to beat Wolves on Monday, but they should have taken their chances. Up against Manchester United, who, again, flatter to deceive, but when you have, when you have the quality in their squad, it's hard not to... Root. It's hard to root against them, so I wanna, I wanna vote, I wanna go for a draw, but now you know what I'm, I'm gonna sit on the fence. I think United have been flying to the sea. I'm gonna go Southampton one, Manchester United one. The big game of the weekend: Chelsea hosting Spurs. Now this, um, these two are title contenders, like it or not, these two are title contenders, especially with the way the league is going so far. Like against Manchester City, this is another chance for Tottenham to stake their title credentials. And given that they've only won once away at Chelsea in 30 years, this is a big one for them. If they get the win, then they are a serious, serious outfit. And people really need to start taking them seriously. As for how I think the game is going to go, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm going to edge towards the host. I'm going to go very tight, Chelsea 2, Tottenham 1. I think Tottenham's defence may just let them down slightly. I do think it'll be decided late on, but I do see Tottenham's defence or their weaknesses in defence being the side ultimately, because I think Chelsea are much improved at the back, especially recently. Chelsea 2, Tottenham 1 is my prediction. 
the final game on Sunday, Arsenal against Wolves. Now, I'm going to do a separate preview for this, and that will be out on Saturday, so check out for that. But as for that game, of course, I'm going to back my boys. I'm going to go Arsenal 1, Wolves nil. Now, the two final games... The two Monday games, we've got Leicester against Fulham. Now, Fulham have been very disappointing. Of course, lost against Everton last Sunday. Leicester did very well to get that draw against Braga. Am I predicting? What am I predicting? Let's go Leicester 3, Fulham 1. And the final game of the weekend, Monday Night Football, West Ham hosting Aston Villa. Of course, Aston Villa had that very disappointing defeat against um, Brighton last Saturday. West Ham beating Sheffield United away from home. And you know what? I was I saw a stat. I was showing expected points. And West Ham, West Ham's expected points was in line with their actual points, which is 14. And so I think they're doing very well at the moment. And you know what? I'm going to back the Hammers to win at home against them as well. I think especially with Ross Barkley, I think that's a big blow for Aston Villa. Well, depending on how long he's out for. And I think West Ham, I think uh, they're in a good place right now. Alex finally amongst the goals again. So I'm going to go West Ham 3, Villa 1. And so that ends the Premier League preview. And so, yeah, there is one final part of this pod before we end. So... We'll get into it. So to end this off, I'm sure you've all heard of the very sad news that uh, one of the legends of the game has sadly departed this this world. Diego Maradona suffered a cardiac arrest in his sleep yesterday and unfortunately passed away at the age of 60. Now, when I heard the news, I was very shocked because... Obviously, we've heard of his issues, his um, his battles, the battles he's had with his inner demons, the battles he's had with substance abuse. Of course, he took cocaine and other drugs, and to be honest, it's 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 something that I don't really want to dwell on. To be honest, because I don't, I want to, I want to dedicate this segment to celebrating the life of a legend, because he is a legend. He is a man who transcends football, known worldwide. His charisma, his um, the joy he brought to a generation, to generations, seen as God, basically, in Naples, where he brought... Um, He brought them, like I said, he brought them immense joy. He brought them the one prize that um, the Neapolitans thought they'd never get, and that was uh, Scudetto. Um, Yeah, fortunately before my time, so I didn't really get to see him playing week in, week out. The only only highlights I have access to, obviously, the ones that you find on YouTube, but yeah, I, I don't know what more there is to say, really. What a man, what a legend, 
unfortunately has departed this world and my condolences go out to his family and friends, all the people of Argentina who are in a state of mourning at the moment, all the people in Naples who are also mourning because he was basically their god, and just anyone that had the pleasure of learning knowing him condolences to all of you and uh this is just a reminder to always pray for the people you love always check up on them always um treasure the people that you love in life and it's a reminder for me to do the same and i will do that i will do that right now i will i always want i always like to pray for my family and um and all my close friends, I like doing that a couple times a week. So yeah, this is a um, ending the podcast on a bit of a a bit of a sad note, but there's not much else for me to talk about here. So with with that said, people, like I said, follow me on socials. I put it in the beginning. Read up my articles. You man have not been reading my thing. I know I haven't really been posting recently because I've been working and that. But yeah, check out my content as always. Communicate official. Tap into Google. And yeah, I'm gonna love and leave you all. Remember to um, pray for people you love, like I said. And yeah, I'm out. Peace.